0: Chris Russell, and Pete Medhurst on the
1: Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Final hour of the show, 301-230-0980. You're the GM. Are we being aggressive this week? Trying to improve this club? If you win this week, you're 4-4. Four and four. You're very much alive in the NFC. And you have a chance coming up with games against the Giants twice. Dallas and Philadelphia. You have a chance to affect the standings with Team San Francisco's on your schedule. You have a chance, head-to-head, to directly affect your work going forward and staying in this NFC playoff race. So do you take an aggressive tact trying to improve your team this week, or do you take the conservative route or trade off some pieces that might be able to bring you draft capital that aid your cause for future ball clubs, 301-230-0980. and also we'll discuss this hour where Taylor Heineke fits into this uh, wonderful roster of football team. Right now, we go to line one. Our man G from the shop is hanging out. What's up, G?
2: Oh yeah, man. You know we out here, man. I I think I think we shouldn't even be having this trade stuff talk because I don't care about the deadline. We don't want two in a row. We well, don't. What do we really need? You know what I'm saying? I really think people is panicking. And you can't blame our fans because when you've been mentally and and emotionally scarred by being a fan of this team for years, you you sometimes act irrational. But, hey, Pete, you know, I've been playing sports all my life, consumer sports. That's why I told me don't panic, man. You can only do what you got going on this week, man. And we got the Colts. I'm not thinking about the Giants or nothing. only thing I'm thinking about the Giants is back, back when they had Coughlin at the helm. And they beat the Patriots. Both of them years they started off 0-2, they was ready to chop Coughlin's head off up there said he was losing the team. They wanted to throw Eli Manning off the Brooklyn Bridge every damn year. And he got two rings for him. you know what I'm saying? So I don't think we should be talking about Deron Payne trade because he's our best football player on the daggone field. And then I heard somebody else calling in talking about the Colts as a more stable organization. That's trash because they couldn't even win. With luck and build around him to keep him happy and healthy, you know what I'm saying? They, they he got sick of it and, and bounced. You know what I'm saying? They, they could only win one Super Bowl with the goat. They've been man, they've been having all. The, they signed Carson Wentz and gave up on him. Just gave up on Matty Ice, and they are more stable organization. And granted, we is pretty unstable. But miss me with that coach organizational stable unstable talk, man. I seen Robert Krabs getting Peggy Bundy. You know, in the massage parlor, and, and, and they got rings on every finger like Iceberg Slim. So, mess me with that talk. we all on to the coach. You know what I'm saying? And Sam Eleanor, oh, boy, 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 he's going to wish he was still back in Texas.
1: Let's hope so, G. Appreciate it, Hoss. I, I, look, can you imagine that visual? Bob Kraft and Peggy Bundy at the massage parlor. You know who Peg Bundy is? Yeah. Turn your mic on, Hoss. would help. Yep. Yeah. Radio veteran, turn your mic on.
0: It would, help. Yep. Huh. Veteran, on. I, it would help. Um... Well, Peg Bundy had to go to the massage parlor because Al Bundy probably wasn't
1: doing his <laughs> duty. She, she, Al, Al, right? Al, Al's one of the few. Uh, Matt, come on. Al this Bundy is with kids, right? They had wait what? two with children. Yeah, yeah, married with children. Yeah. yeah. So Al, that was before your time, or no? Uh, just by about two decades. Uh-huh. Al is probably one of the few male. Americans that despised getting attention from his wife, Al just liked to come home from the shoe store, chill off his shoes, chill out with a beer in hand and sit on the couch. I mean, that's what every
0: red blooded male American peg would say likes. Come on, Al. (laughs) Leave me alone. (gasps) Scowl on his face.
1: I just want to go to sleep. The scowl on the face of the former football player. I just Al want Bundy. to eat
0: what I want to eat and just leave me alone. Just leave me alone, Pack. I me just want to watch sports alone. and pass out on the couch and not be bothered by anybody.
1: To G's points though, Colts have started a different starting quarterback yeah. every year in Game One since Andrew Luck retired.
0: I mean, it's been a. Ca- I mean, it's been a carousel. Yes, uh, they they believe. Sam Ellinger, is it Ellinger or Ellinger. Ellinger.
1: I, Ellinger, right. Ellinger Texas.
0: Ellinger is going to give them that maybe little infusion that to work around their porous offensive line, their inconsistent running game because Jonathan Taylor's injury, partly because of their porous offensive line, that he's going to give them and buy them enough, just breathing room to operate the offense enough that Matt Ryan wasn't able to behind, again, a porous offensive line. Because for Matt Ryan, it was sacks, interceptions, and fumbles, right? Yeah. He had, like, 11 fumbles. I don't think he lost 11 fumbles, but he had, like, 11 fumbles, which mm-hmm. is just a crazy amount, right? So they think that little bit of mobility, just like Taylor Heineke, is going to ultimately – but but the question is is – you know, again, Heineke was awful in the first half. Does Sam Ellinger have the ability to break down a defense like Taylor Heineke did in the second half outside of the one throw on the great design to Antonio Gibson on third and eight in the first half? Does he have that ability and that wherewithal, and will the commanders allow him – that opportunity. You know, uh, again, all it takes is one big play to Paris Campbell or mm-hmm. the kid from Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or, I, I don't. I mean, I guess you could say a big play to
1: Michael Pittman if they miss a tackle. The, 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 well, Paris Campbell's the guy that will take the crossing route, turn upfield, and go. That's and what go you worry about, right? You, okay, that's the one matchup that if I'm Washington, I'm wary of. I believe I can cover Pittman. I believe I can cover Pierce. It's the Campbell crossing stuff because of his ability after the catch that is that's where that's where Indianapolis's explosive play is lurking this mm-hmm. week if it's there within that offense. Mm-hmm. You know, if Washington consistently makes them drive 12, 14 plays down the field with Taylor for the most part I, I think Washington's going to be okay here, but the big explosive play is lurking with Campbell on one of those crossing routes and then him turning it up the field and the Washington defense just you know getting his smoke right. trail as he heads for the end. zone.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't have to be a 40-yard bomb down oh, the no. field. No, not at it, all. Not all it Campbell. has to be, like you said, is a crossing hey, route in which somebody takes a Terry bad McLaren, angle. Yeah. Terry
1: McLaurin saw it in the flesh yeah. when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. I'm sure he's told Del Rio and those coaches, hey, Campbell's a guy that... You know, as soon as he catches the football boss, yep. he hits the afterburners yeah. and he turns it on. He's just been banged up a ton during the course of his career. He hadn't worked out uh, the way they thought he was going to work out either. So I think to G's point, I think Gene brings up a good good point, even if you just look at the football-related stuff. And I'm not talking about, you know, the stuff with Jim Mersey or whatever that's, you know, befell him off the field. From a football perspective, they've been very, very uh, unstable at the most important position And remember, they drafted Ellinger, and they still went and got Wentz. They still went and got Ryan. Right. So if they really thought Ellinger was that type of difference maker, Mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't have gone and gotten Matt Ryan. I mean,
0: they they were talking uh, in an article I read, like the inside the decision or whatever, that because he was so impressive in training camp, and remember Mm -hmm. we gave you the preseason numbers uh, last year and uh, or, or yesterday. Remember that because of that. They've been thinking about making this decision sure. for weeks, and
1: which is too, fine. Chris, we're starting to. We're, we're getting more and more GMs that are getting more and more enamored with the quarterback that's got wheels.
0: Yes. absolutely. There is no doubt that that is going to be a Justin difference Fields. maker for Justin them. Justin Fields
1: the other night constantly yep. broke New England's heart on third yep. down. There Every is, time. There's
0: no doubt that that is going to be a difference maker for them, and I understand why. Here's the one thing that I would say. Like, I mean, at some point, though, like, oh, we're just waking up to the reality that we need a quarterback with mobility? Like, Mm -hmm. you went—I mean, listen, I thought their decision to move on from Carson Wentz was fine— I thought their decision to upgrade from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan was a good choice. I was wrong. They were wrong, what have you. I don't know what I'm talking about apparently either. I don't think Matt Ryan's as bad as they I think, think.
1: Chris, I think to your point, though, about – and I often chide you about being more old school than anything. I just think you had general managers that scoffed at that quarterback that could play that way because they wanted the strapping 6'4", 220-pound mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen build with that type of arm. Right. Now, now you get the rare combination of that in Josh Allen. You see what Mahomes does, Mm -hmm. not running, but extending. Okay. And improvising. Mahomes doesn't beat you necessarily running, but he beats you extending and improvising. good Good point. Okay. And that is. That is where I think a lot of OCs are finally starting to come around. Coaches are starting to come around to looking at those players and finding that mm-hmm. guy that's more likely to extend, not necessarily run. Off-platform, off-schedule. Yes.
0: But, you know, again, as I tell you all the time, you've got to be able to have a quarterback. And, and 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 this is the same is true for here in Washington, Wentz, uh, Heineke, whoever it is, and around the league, you've got to have a quarterback Pete that does two things when off schedule, off platform, on the run, what have you.
1: Either is Heineke an extender or is he a runner?
0: Well, I think he's. I I think he's more of an extender. But but you've got to have a couple of things. You've got to have a quarter. If if the quarterback does not have that special playmaking gene that. Unbelievable arm, which Patrick Mahomes does, which mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers had throughout his prime, which uh, which Josh Allen all has, kinds of arm angles right.
1: and break your heart.
0: You, if you don't have that, which not many guys do. The best of the best have that. Okay, the best of the best. Taylor Heineke ain't one of those. Sam Ellinger ain't one of those. Many guys ain't one of those. But you better you better be able if you're going to do that. You better be able to keep your eyes up to avoid the big hit and to find a guy at the last moment before you have to throw it away or before you have to run and tuck it or tuck it after you've been running and scrambling. And you better be able to flip your hips and you better be able to get your mechanics right. Again, people overlook this all the time. Aaron Rodgers' second touchdown the other day, I keep talking about it, it was a boot to his backside, to his non-throwing side, to his non-natural side and he did it, watch that tape, he did it to perfection yeah. and delivered a strike.
1: Not everybody can do that. As a matter of fact, very few people well,
0: that's can what, do that.
1: That's what separates the Hall yeah. of Famer from the good quarterback. But the
0: point is, is overall, if you don't have the God-given, unbelievable natural talents of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, who can do it on the run, who can do it from the pocket, then if you're compromised to some degree, then maybe you want a, a guy with a little bit of a scrambling, extending, playmaking mentality which which leads to your point, extending play. In the
1: spirit of the election season coming up here in a couple of weeks, make sure you get out there and vote. I don't care which way you lean, just have a conviction and go vote. If if you could poll this Washington, this this would be a Russell and Medhurst poll. Would you would you think that Heineke for the rest of the season would get the majority of the vote over bringing Wentz back or playing Howell right now?
0: So Heineke, oh, like like if you had to make one vote for the rest of the year. Heineke or Wentz or Howell. Yes. This fan base, I think, would choose Howell. The unknown and the potential is more intoxicating to what they think they already know. Even winning the yes. way Heineke played in the second half against yeah, because, Green Bay. Yeah, because if you're a naysayer or if you're a, a glasses half full, empty, whatever, full glasses half empty, I guess, you're going to say, well, uh, yeah, but what about the first half? They should have been down 32 to nothing. Guy, which guy which hadn't isn't, played all it year, isn't wrong. It's, it's not wrong, right? Not wrong. I mean, you know, so... I I think this fan base is so thirsty, so starving for anything that remotely resembles. Hey, we're heading in the right direction. That they will buy into anything. They'll buy into a ham sandwich if they're told the ham sandwich
1: has potential. I like ham, like good ham. Yeah, give me some honey ham, shaved Duh. as thin as possible. Ham is okay. I'm all it's in. Overrated. We'll get to your best callers. You know who they are. They're on the first team right here on Russell and Medhurst. Paulie and Jeff from Vienna coming up after the break. 301-230-0980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We were just talking about Micah Parsons. He was asked by Clarence Hill in Dallas, if Justin Fields was faster than Jalen Hurts, said it doesn't matter. Neither's faster than me. We just got to get him to the ground. I love Micah Parsons, a football player.
0: I know you do, and Same you should. Same place
1: for the Dallas Cowboys, but...
0: I just want to see how teams now attack him differently after what the
1: Eagles did to him a couple yeah, of Sunday nights ago. That's true. And Quinn, I think what... And you and I were just talking about this off mic. I mean, Quinn's got to do... This is where Quinn's got to get creative now again at where he brings him from because you if you know where he's coming from, if you're tend if you're starting to see a, if teams are starting to see a tendency of where he's coming from, you can plan double teams for that. Mm-hmm. If Quinn moves him around a little more frequently now, you disrupt that plan. And I yeah. think that's where I think that's where Dan and, you know, I mean, look, they got a billion quality control assistants who chart all the, all this stuff and everything. So if if they're starting to notice that Quinn is bringing him from certain areas a higher frequency at the time, this is where Dan and that staff got to get yep. a little more uh, creative about how they use him. Sometimes, and-
0: though, you do, you know, sometimes, though, an athlete just wins. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, I I mean, sometimes, Dude. believe it or not, the, the hey. football players actually control winning and losing more than creativity 100%. and a coordinator.
1: 100%. The, look, players win. Yeah. Okay? Uh, if,
0: that's not what a lot of coaches, uh, what a lot 90, of fans and media
1: believe. Uh, because we've got, we have, we have examples of, you know, like it looks like in the next couple of weeks we're going to get a chance to talk to Tom Coughlin who you just brought up here. Tom's team's. And, and, you know, I mean, G brought it up, you know, Tom's teams twice beat New England juggernauts with teams that were no near, nowhere near as talented as New England was, yet they beat them not once, but twice in the Super Bowl, Chris, mm-hmm. twice. And, you know, we're going to be talking because Coach Coughlin's writing a book about that and we're going to uh, talk to him over the next couple of weeks about that. It'd be fascinating to get his thought process on that and... How that's the one that all you have to do is be good that one day, but for more more often than not, players win games. If I have if I, my team has better players than your team, chances are we're gonna we're gonna win that game. The fascinating thing about this game this week is it's Ellinger versus Heineke. Yeah, okay, it's Ellinger versus Heineke again. If you would have had that in the preseason poll, you would have gotten plus thirty five hundred odds. Plus.
0: I mean, again, I'll, I'll just say this all the time: it, it's more about the players than the coaches. Nobody believes me, uh, but it's also about the execution. You can have all the talent in the world, you can have all the speed, athleticism, ferocity, yeah. all that. You got to execute. You got to execute, and you got to do it consistently or at a good level. Let's get to Pauly.
1: Pauly's up first. What's up, big fellow? Uh,
0: hang in on one second. Oh, there he is.
1: L- what up, W? Pete. Rufio, what's going
3: on, my guy. Looking oh, for four and four, Paulie. We're trying to get the four and four, man. Oh, you know it, man. You know it. Hey, Rufio, man, I I, I like how you did your media thing and switched my words around. And everybody had a good laugh off me yesterday <laughs> with the whole speculate thing. It was it was entertaining, though. I really enjoyed it, though. You know what I mean? But you know what I said. You know what uh-huh. I said. Certain things shouldn't be speculated. Uh I know we speculate all the time. Yes. I'm going to let it go because I got a good laugh off it, and and I enjoyed all the callers' wordplay with it. So Mm -hmm. it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Okay. Hey, let's go with this game, though. I'm like with G, man. You know what I mean? You know, we got the coach coming up, but it's saying that everybody got a price. You know what I mean? Like the million-dollar man, baby. I mean, you got to look into it. You got to look – you have to look into it. If somebody's going to offer you something, look into it. You got to do your due diligence. You know what I mean? But I'm with you, Rupio. The one move we need to make is corner, man. We really want to do something, especially with the teams we have ahead of us. You know what I mean? We need to solidify the the other corner spot. Fuller is not getting any better. You know, I mean, chances are he's going to get worse before he gets better. You know what I mean? So i would be looking at that corner position, man. As far as the, them guys up front, man, I'm giving them all market value money, all four of them. If they worth it, if they deserve it, I'm giving them their money, paying all of them. That's, you know, I'm putting my money up front on the defensive line and the offensive line. And if they deserve the money, I'm going to give them market value money, if the, whatever the market may be for them. You know what I mean? As far as the quarterbacks go, um, you guys kind of hit on hit on it, but I'm going to tell you this. It's not so much that the general managers are seeing that this type of quarterback it is. It's just we're, we're in the transition phase right now. You know, the old guard is, is out. What's the problem with Russell Wilson? He don't want to run anymore. That's why I see the main problem with Russell Wilson. You know, Aaron Rodgers used to have wheels on. He's getting a little older. Matt Ryan is older. You know what I mean? So you look at college football. All these quarterbacks are, you know, pretty much uh, uh, athletic guys, make a move. So that's just the way the, the league is transitioning into. And, and as far as Heineke and, and Howell and Wentz and, and Ellinger, I'm going to throw Ellinger into the group because I'm going to tie it all together right here. The whole thing is, yeah, I would choose Heineke over Howell and Wentz only because we're at the point of the season where I don't have time for growing pains. And, you, and you're going to get growing pains with how, and, and we've seen the growing pains already with with Wentz. You say what you want to say, it's still a new offense, a new office, for, a new offensive system for him. He still was learning and, and trying to succeed at the same time. Or uh, what we see was growing pains, and that's what the Colts are going to go through with Ellinger. is growing pains. The difference is they're in the bad division, and we're in the best division in the league. You yep. don't have time for that. Nope. We need somebody that's going to hit the ground running. And give us a chance in every game. And one thing about Heineke is his physical attributes may not be all there, but mentally in that offense, he's there. He said in the press conference yesterday, "I've been with Scott for six years. I kind of know what he wants. And he kind of know what I could do. You know. So I'll take that off, man. Y'all have a great afternoon, Paul. Appreciate Hell, it, w, pal. you, baby. Yep. Let's see. Uh, I mean, look,
1: that is a that is an underrated point here. Heineke and Turner, man, they do. I mean, look—if anybody that Scott's worked with here, Heineke and Turner have known each other the most. Yeah. So people forget about their t- yeah their time in Minnesota. Uh, most
0: people are just identified as in Carolina and whatever, yeah. but they go way back.
1: To me, then, it, it to me from that standpoint, then that that puts the onus on the player to execute. When things break down, and things get disheveled, and things don't go the
0: way you were hoping. It really, really, really helps when you have a player that essentially doesn't
1: have to think as much. As much. You, don't, you know what I was going to say? You don't think Heineke is still thinking at all out there? Oh, I, I, no. Of course you're
0: thinking, but but thinking as much. Do you, l- Let me ask it to you this way. Do you think Taylor Heineke... Or Carson, who do you think think was thinking more about all the little nuances, oh, of the subtle, right, right? Without so, question, so because uh, that's he what lacks, when you hold on to the ball. Right, what he lacks in 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 the cannon for an arm, mm-hmm. and maybe at times some timing and the ability to see over the line, he in some ways makes up for by the little nuances.
1: Yep. And, and that you know he know And here is what I here is what I know. When the game was on the line the other day. Taylor Heineke threw it to his best player. He said, hey, best player, go make me a play. Mm-hmm. Best player went and made him a play. Best player won him the game. Yep. You play to win the game. Not, how many how – many, look, if that's Mike Zimmer coaching that team. Taylor Heineke's putting that ball in Brian Robinson's belly or Antonio Gibson's belly. The, Mike Zimmer's not giving Taylor Heineke a chance to throw that ball – to Taylor to uh, Terry McLaurin out there mm-hmm. to try and win the game and get the first down like that.
0: Well, yeah, yes, but part of the other problem is, is, you know, I mean, did they really have a choice on what third and eight and second and oh, nine? Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, you can you can hand it off and and if the team's got timeouts left, you can make them call it or you just run the forty seconds and and you take that. Oh yeah, you you've got. Yeah, that's a for some conservative coaches, that's what they do in that situation.
0: I, I mean, I, I especially I, I'm with a totally backup with you quarterback
1: that, in the game. I'm with you that they do that. Um, I'm just glad they I, let. I, I'm glad they let Heineke have a. Ch- they played to win the game. Yeah, I guess what I, I, I guess what I'm saying is
0: second and nine out of the two minute warning. Robinson picks up six yards running the ball but then f- falls short way short on third down third and nine second and six uh, Not, I'm sorry uh, I said second and eight I think and third or I said third third and eight second and nine it was second and six he passes to the left a little bit of a floater but I mean really where Terry McLaurin was the only one that could catch it mm-hmm. and then Terry stays inbounds does a nice job Uh, And third, nine. I understand what you're saying about, especially because you wanted Green Bay to use your timeouts and that they could have been conservative. I don't, I don't, like, listen, I know fans hate Scott Turner, and I hated some of the way they designed things for Carson Wentz because I thought they did it in a lot of ways wrong and fell in love with with the cannon arm and all that stuff. I'm telling you, and I told you all offseason, and I told you all last year and whatever, and I think you were the same. I think Scott Turner's smarter than people realize. I think he's more creative than people realize. Some of the formations, some of the ways they go about cooking stuff up. I think I think it's there. I I and I think in to use your example, and we've talked about this final sequence a lot this week. You're right, a guy like Mike Zimmer, who, you know, a lot of people feel is a dinosaur and Kirk Cousins didn't like. Uh, yet Kirk Cousins had no problem taking all the money and and staying Mm -hmm. there uh, and and redoing their contract. Um, Like, the only thing that I would say is if those passes had fallen incomplete or if you had taken a sack in those spots, like, Carson Wentz, I— I know Carson Wentz has the ability to make those throws. I don't know if he's got the chutzpah to make those throws. I don't know if he's got that special mm, something to make those
1: throws. You don't to have to worry throws. about that with Heineke. No. No. He, bad or good I mean, or bad. It, it, look, if there, if anything there's uh, that Heineke's guilty of in that situation is elephantitis. <laughs> okay? Look it up. Okay? Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he, he's got elephantitis when it comes to that that uh, that particular part of the body. He's my got friend. no problem dropping oh. the old grapefruit. So. Yes, sir. Right. He will do that. Let's go to Jeff in Vienna. What's up, Jeff?
4: Hey, what's going on, guys? How hey, are you,
1: Jeff? How are you,
4: Pete? Did you ever see any confirmation in New England getting the Kobe Dean from no. Philadelphia?
1: No. Yeah. So I think, but I, yeah. I think somebody jumped the gun. But I think that's something to watch over the next. 3 or 4 days heading up to the trade deadline because I do believe there where there is smoke there is definitely fire um when you when you have something like that uh that gets thrown out there because I mean look let's face it right now Philadelphia just doesn't need Dean I and mean, they don't have him on the field.
4: Yeah, which is crazy. He I wonder if he's still hurt or something, but uh back to your guys Roquan trade from earlier. Um I looked up the tag on D de- end or D tackle. It's going to be like 17 and a half, 18 million this year. Yeah. So that will go up next year. So that that tag's going to be a lot of money. And it, it's interesting on spot rack. Basically, the commanders and the Bears, all of their linebackers are UFAs next year, mm-hmm. all at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, it's crazy.
0: And that's what we talked about like earlier during the show is, is, you know, you not only have the pain situation, but we Cole Holcomb. Uh, Jamin Davis is not a free agent, but Cole Holcomb is. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, the so. only
4: if if yeah. On spot rack, Davis is the only one in all right. of the Bears except for some guy who's making you know four hundred fifty thousand dollars in right. the UFA too. Right. So, on tight ends, what is the status with Logan Thomas?
0: Well, he came back to practice uh, yesterday. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think his official status was uh, was limited. I believe. Uh, I got to double check that, but uh, that's at least an encouraging sign. Dealing with the calf. Um, the problem is, is you know, again, at this point last week, we all thought Jahan Dotson was going to be ready to go, and then he resuffers uh, an aggravation, and now he's not even practicing. Uh, not only did he miss last week, now he's not even practicing. So. You know, I mean, you just yeah. never know with these guys. I mean, literally, Logan Thomas can make it through the practice weekend on Saturday morning during the walkthrough before they go to the team hotel or before – I'm sorry, before they fly to Indianapolis. You know, he could take one misstep and boom, he's done. You know? Yeah, I mean, you just don't know. You can't count on these guys. Yeah. And I love Logan Thomas. Different. I mean, Logan Thomas has yeah. been great. It's just unfortunate. He, I, A year and a half now, he hasn't been able to stay healthy.
4: Yeah, and, and- – Speaking of tight ends, if you have any interest in the game tonight, it sounds like Mark Andrews is not going to play from a gambling
1: perspective. Mm, yep. yeah, That means i got to get him off one of my fantasy football rosters tonight. I'm telling you, man, watch out for
0: Deshaun Jackson. If he's going to play, I, I assume he's going to play. I mean, I, I can't see wh- how much against if, that Buck yeah.
1: secondary, which is missing Winfield, Carlton Davis, and another one of their starters. If you like playing DFS and you like playing parlays, Isaiah <laughs> Likely.
0: Oh Isaiah yeah, from Coastal Likely. Carolina.
1: Oh, good point. Yeah, Coastal Carolina. Give me, give me Isaiah Likely plus three catches tonight. I, I think Isaiah Likely plays a big role That's if Andrews if Andrews doesn't play. So appreciate that, Pete. You guys have a great day. Thank, Thank you, Jeff, Jeff. As always, have a good one, Sabah. You get the last word. She's out of surgery, Doctor Sabah. Finally getting oh away goodness. from the hey, scalpel. Guys. How are you?
5: No, I am I am in my stairway, leaving my office on the way to surgery. So I thought, let me squeeze a oh call my gosh. in. Because I can't stand it. I've not been able to call all week, you guys. I know, we and missed And I won't you. be able to call tomorrow. Yes. Okay, I don't know where I'm. I am. I had so much to say. Um. Okay, well, about the Heineken, you know, obviously, there's no way I want anybody else playing. But I, I just kills me how people keep talking about all the negatives. You do know that what Heineken did against um, Green Bay was the number one past defense in the league and the number one defense against the, versus the time we played them. So I thought that's very, uh, very good, particularly with his uh, rust in the uh, first half. And, and, and another thing that I don't understand about um, why people keep talking about, well, he's gutsy and he's got titus and all that kind of mess. But they don't uh, – he's a talented guy. He, he won the freaking Heisman for his league. You know, he won what Walter Payton won. Does anybody say Walter Payton's not real because he won it in a different, you know, a league down from the uh, FBS1 or whatever it's called? No, you're right. This guy has talent. He has skill. Okay, when you're the best over a thousand other players, there's something to you. And he's, you know, Taylor, Taylor is like the girl. You guys know. There's a girl, she loves you to death, but you just don't want the, that's not the hot chick. So, you know, you ask your hot girlfriend, hey, I got, I need a ride to the airport. I'm not available. Oh, you're at the hospital, can't come be my, I'm not available. But that other girl, she's always there. Every time you're sick, she brings you soup. And your little hot chick, she's just there ready to go to a party. That's all she wants to do. Well, life's not all about partying. Life's about every day. And we need first and second down and third down. We don't need just big plays every once in a while. And that's why... I think Heineke is much better than Wentz and all these other just big-armed guys. They have no brain to go with it. And his teammates love him. That's a huge thing. That's what I got to say.
1: Appreciate I you. I love
0: the passion and energy,
1: as Thanks always, Dr. Shabal. Isn't it great? We, we need to... We need to get. We need to cut that out of where Sabah said elephantitis, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. I, I think love she said. when the doc said <laughs> e- she. T- she listened to my word, elephantitis. Uh, I think she said, or whatever it, or, you know, <laughs> elephantitis
0: or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> she knows what I'm talking I about. I mean,
0: listen. There's no <laughs> questioning. There's no question that Taylor Heineke has some grapefruit. There is no question. I. I I think that gets you a lot of ways, or, or or I I think that makes up for a lot of things that seemingly Carson Wentz doesn't have. I, I want to talk tomorrow about whether or not Taylor Heineke is the best quarterback on this roster. Because, I, I, again, I think a lot of people would say, no, 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 Sam Howell is. And I think some people would just look at the raw natural talent of Carson Wentz and say, well, yeah, it, I, I want to talk about that more
1: tomorrow. Uh, I think you could convince me right now that there's only one part of Wentz's game that is greater than Heineke at this point, because based on what we've seen, and I know learning a new offense is tough, but there's only one area where physically Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm, I'm I'm convinced of that. And the second half of this game showed me because yes, he sucked in the first half mm-hmm. But he got his act in gear. He got it together. He overcame that adversity. We're still waiting for Carson Wentz to overcome Mm -hmm. adversity in this offense in the first half of the season. He hadn't done that. Heineke brushed it off at halftime and said, no problem, fellas. Let's go. I got this. I know I'm playing Aaron Rodgers. No problem. I'm on. I'm ready to go. And that impressed the heck out of me this past week. I don't know if he does that last year, quite frankly. A little more maturity, a little work on his game. And he stood up Mm -hmm. this past week and got the job done. Dumb-dumb of the day is right around the corner. The big fella tells us what's trending.
0: All right, let's start with this. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, not expected to play this Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Mac Jones is expected to start for the New England Patriots against Robert Sala and the New York Jets. College football tonight, two and five and struggling Virginia Tech. The hoax at number twenty-four NC State down in Raleigh, five and two for the Wolfpack. Tonight on 106.7, the fan kickoff scheduled for just after 7.30, and that means the cap switch over here to the Team 980 and the Odyssey app with pregame coverage, John Walton, Ken Sabrin, and Ben Raby at 8.15. Puck drop in Dallas just after 8.30, and David Stearns has stepped down as president of baseball operations of the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of connections to the Mets here. Fall Classic starts. Game one tomorrow night, Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies, Dusty Baker and the Houston Astros, and that's what's trending.
1: If I could turn the page and we will at the top of the hour to Burgundy and Gold today. Did you know? Did you know? Little Washington Redskins trivia, Matt, anytime you play Fleetwood Mac, your your Christmas bonus goes up. Um Did you know, Chris, that in all Wait, seven- who's paying that Christmas bonus? We didn't say how much it is.
0: Let's go up from a a nickel to a ham sandwich that you love?
1: I mean, I'll go for it. I'll definitely go up at least to a dollar. Woo! Ooh, you I mean, Did you know Matt, you're that rich. every single year that Rick Walker played for the Washington Redskins, he had at least one carry in every season. One rushing attempt in every season. Mm. And in the year that they won the Super Bowl, in the playoffs, Doc not only carried the ball not once, not twice, but three times in the postseason. Mm. And In the pros, he caught a touchdown pass one out of every 7.7 passes that he caught in the National Football League. And now he's grinding it out on the radio. That's a productive, that is an efficient football player, ladies and gentlemen. And in his first two years at UCLA, catching balls from Johnny Shira, one out of every seven catches for Doc was a touchdown for the Bruins. So... We're bringing quality to you at the top of the hour. You Ricky, get, Ricky Walker. You get some, that's what Kurt Gowdy called <laughs> right, him. Ricky know. Walker. He <laughs> and Al DiRogatis in the 75 Rose Bowl. Go to YouTube. You can watch it. They beat Corny Green at Ohio State. Love it. Kurt Gowdy and Al Di a great broadcast team. But you get some former athletes to come on, uh, on the radio and TV with no credentials. We bring a guy with credentials and championship rings at the top of the hour. You do have a credential, a cardboard one. But you know what, though? Your boy in high school and in youth league played quarterback, defensive end, and offensive line. Mm. So I've got experience in different areas of the game. Mm -hmm. And I also was a kicker. That a boy. I I put that up on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. My man said Pete Medhurst's extra point made it Southern 7, South River nothing. We were only going to, about to get run over by Mitch Supley, hopefully the former Maryland Terrapin. Hopefully you're Stadler. better than
0: Joey Sly.
1: I was. I could kick it between the big H. Not hard at this point. <sighs> dumb, dumb of the day, courtesy of our man, Ross Rudder. The big fellas got it. It's time for Dumb, Dumb of the Day on Russell and Menders. Stand
0: Again, another quick shout-out to our guy, Ross, who not only sent this, but uh, obviously, as we talked about the other day, going through you know a difficult uh, time family-wise. I'm not going to get into all the details. That's none of our business. But, all right, Ross, we're thinking about you and your family, all that. You know we love you. Uh, so Ross sent this in. <clears throat> Dateline, Georgia. You might remember that Matt Essig, because he's really smart and talented, played Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. Tell me lies. Robin Folsom, a Georgia woman, a Georgia peach, apparently wanted some time off from work. So, what did she do? <clears throat> she faked a pregnancy. Oh. To get seven weeks of paid time off from work. But it gets worse for Robin Folsom. Oh, no. It's not the first time she's done something like this. Oh. Apparently, according to the report and the state inspector in Georgia, she's done it three times. Oh. She's now facing three counts one, two, three counts of <laughs> making fun. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> of making false statements and one count of identity fraud because according to the Georgia Office of the Inspector General, Folsom, a 43-year-old woman, quote, told elaborate lies about her pregnancy while working as the Director of External Affairs at the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. She informed the agency about her pregnancy in late 2020, which was, you know, the still the heart of the COVID year. Claimed to give birth in May of 2021. However, how they smelled the rat. You know, like Kevin Sheehan does the smell toast with Scott Van Pelt. and uh, They did a smell toast, <laughs> and <clears throat> they figured out, her colleagues did, uh, well she Is that a uh, little fishy yeah her baby bump wasn't exactly Ooh. matching up and so one of her colleagues observed the lower portion of her body essentially come away from her body and that she wore a fake pregnant stomach to simulate the fact that she was knocked up. But she wasn't knocked up. Yeah. And she sent the picture to various different employees. And I got so excited, I just knocked out my water. Thank goodness it's in a water bottle. And they figured out she wasn't pregnant. Now she's got fake teeth. I can see that. <laughs> uh, I mean, holy moly. If you look at a picture, and I'll post a picture. My goodness, honey. Get some teeth work done. But after she gave birth on May 1st, 2021, supposedly a man named Bran, not Bram, Weinstein, uh, emailed (laughs) leaders uh, at this Georgia agency claiming to be the father of the newborn baby and that the doctor had mandated all sorts of... Anyway, she's done this twice before. She claimed to give birth in July of 2020 as well. And in August 2021, remember, she claimed the, the, the kid... May of 2021. So she apparently gave birth, she claimed, in July of 2020, May of 2021, and August of 2021. I've heard some crazy ass, "Mm, that's pretty crazy. Honey, you deserve every bad thing that comes to you, sweetheart. You are special. Congratulations. You're Chris's Dum Dum of the Day.
1: Credit to somebody finally realizing that, hey, maybe she's not pregnant here, you know? Perhaps.
0: Maybe having three babies. In what, nine months? From July of 2020 uh, through August months. of 2021. No, 13, uh, 13 months. 13 months. Three babies. Wow. In 13 months. Something. Do- I, listen, I'm not a math major. Something doesn't just add up there.
1: Mm. Definitely not. It's amazing what people will do to try and get money uh, these days. Happy birthday. Let- yesterday we had a chance to have a little dinner. One of the greatest T-shirts I ever saw. Uncle Donald last night. Donald Cullumber, 80 years old. He had a T-shirt that said Oldometer Ugh, with an 80 on I it, love it last night. so
0: oh, happy, birthday a happy birthday to Big D. Happy birthday. I, I got one thing for you. Maddie is not going to be with us tomorrow. You know why? Where is he going? He is going... For a wedding.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say he's going to work for another radio station. No, so no, no. I'm like, no, wait we we can't yet. lose another producer. But he's going to my hometown, my oh. home area. Oh,
0: Staten Island. Staten Island. So when he comes back, when he comes back, somehow, someway, we're going to
1: have to... That's if he can get off Staten Island. We're going
0: to have to investigate some things that are known... For happening in Staten Island. And if you want to know why I keep making these references, it's a story we haven't done yet, but man, is it a story. Just look it up Staten Island in the New York Post.
1: You are going to absolutely split your pants in more ways than one. All right, coming up, the former fourth round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, Rick Walker. And Burgundy and Gold today, right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.